I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as foils attack positions. Prepare for battle. Autobots, roll out. Get ready. It's your weekly dose of nerd culture. Always reporting. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd Alert! Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's Nerd Alert. It's going to be a little different this week, because you'll notice that my voice is the first one that you're hearing, uh, and, and that's not a good thing, because uh, my voice is not something anybody anybody should ever have to listen to at length. Obi-John is not with us this week. He is actually off-world at, uh, where, where is that place? Bat, bat, Batu? Bat, 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 Batu. Batan? Bat, Batu Clarata Niktu. Bat, Batu, Batu Clarata Niktu. Yes, he's actually uh, in Disney at Galaxy's Edge this week. The Lucky Bastard. He already built a lightsaber. He has built a lightsaber. He has taken seven trips on the Millennium Falcon. Uh, he's apparently been mistaken for an employee like four times. He's had three, I think, was it three blue milks? Two blue milks. Two blue, two blue milks. So he's below his blue milk quota, as far as I know. And uh, last time I checked, they were non-alcoholic blue milks. Well, you know, I mean, given that the blue milk in canon was uh, obviously a morning drink, which not to say morning drinks can't have to be non-alcoholic, because uh, the mimosa, uh, as we know, is a breakfast drink, and it is alcoholic in Bloody nature. Mary's. Bloody Mary's. Once again, hair of the dog, yes. Uh, so, uh, I, I if, guess... If you're, if you're one of my best friend's brothers-in-law, apparently rum and coke... Is a morning beverage. Rubbing Coke is a morning beverage. Okay, I did not know that. That is good to know. Anyway, so Obi-John is not here. The other voice that you are hearing, obviously, is uh, uh, another one of our uh, tenacious trio. That is uh, the gentleman who always joins us from somewhere in time of space, uh, time and space. It is the Doc. All right. Now, Scott, I want you to listen closely. Are you listening? I'm listening. Okay, hold on. Do you know what that was? It sounded like an aluminum can being opened via the pull tab that is conveniently allocated specifically for such a function. So what it is is one of my new favorite beverages. Uh, you, sir, are a fine connoisseur of the bourbons. I Well, I don't know about a fine connoisseur, but... A connoisseur. Uh, and I enjoy... The barley and hops and malts that combine together to make beer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And my new 
favorite is something called King Sue Double India Pale Ale. Double India Pale Ale. All right. And it is brewed in Decorah, Iowa, which is only about 30 minutes from where I live. Uh, at a place called Toppling Goliath, and I have two nerd facts for you. Go for it. Uh, the first is, it's called King Sue because it is the, um, I guess, superior sort of up-the-ante-type drink to their, their flagship beer, which is called Pseudo Sue. And the reason it's called Pseudo Sue is because they had a drink, they had a beer called uh, Tsunami Pale Ale, and they wanted to try to mix it up, and so they brewed something new, and on the tank, the brewmaster just put a temporary placard that said Pseudo Sue, T-S-U. Yes. As so, in, like, Pseudo Tsunami. Okay, so, so, so not S-U-E, like the like a, like a, a female name, Sue, but, yeah, like right. the beginning, the first syllable of Tsunami. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yes. So then it... It took off so well, they they taste tested it, and they took one drink and then took another right away because it was so delicious, and uh, decided that they were going to keep the name Pseudo Sue, but they changed T-S-U to S-U-E. Yeah, I'd have kept it. And then they put a T-Rex on the can. Now, if you're wondering why they put a T-Rex on the can, they did it to honor Sue, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, who is at the Field Museum in Chicago. Okay, okay. That that I could... Just because of that level of nerdism, you know, going into this, you, you have to know that the T-Rex uh, skeleton uh, at the Field Museum is, is nicknamed Sue. I, I'm going to give it to him. Uh, so... The, so now King Sue also features a T-Rex, and um, it's a double play because Tyrannosaurus Rex is king, you know, it's king of the lizards, right? Or the something like that. Yeah, I always thought Godzilla was king of the lizards, but that's just me. Right. Uh, so it's a double because now it is King Sue and Sue the Tyrannosaurus Rex. I see. Uh, but the second nerd fact is the reason it's called double, or the reason it's called India Pale Ale is because... It was created to make the voyage to the British troops stationed in India when India was still a colony of um, Great Britain, see, of England. See, now, I, I've heard this. Uh, I've heard that, a, that an IPA is called an IPA is because it, it was very hoppy because they added the hops. So the, the, the uh, large amount of hops so that they could... Um, uh, like you said, it, it would it would help preserve the uh, beer uh, before refrigeration all the way to the troops in, in the far Indies and in in the uh, uh, the farthest reaches of the empire. I've heard this. However, yeah. um, I, I I have yet to completely substantiate that because I have I have also uncovered that before IPAs existed. There were other beers that were sent to those troops and 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 everything. So while I haven't disproven it, I have yet to fully corroborate that uh, uh, that that fact as a fact, or if yeah, it's a hearsay. And I was reading an article that said that they were shipped um, like porters, yes, because that was typical, yes. But um, they rarely made the voyage. They either came spoiled or. 
They were gone because the crew would drink it on the ship. Um, and that's that was the article I was reading, but I'm with you. I don't know if I fully believe it. And, and that's fine. Uh, and and you know, there's there's nothing wrong uh, with with touting nerd facts uh, when you you don't completely know you know if uh, if it's a hundred percent facts or not. But you you do have to kind of give in there, like, look, this is this is something that I that I've been reading. Uh, I came across this, but there there could be a a modicum of inaccuracy uh, to this. So take it with a grain of salt. But yeah. No, that, that's Un, cool. Uncorroborated, I guess you could say. Yes, yes. Uncorro- unsubstantiated nerd fact. Uh, also, do you think our listeners on the... Because I know you and I have done a couple episodes where it's just you and I. I feel like our listeners, when they realize it's just, you know, Commander Scott and the Doc, they're like, oh man, there's going to be a lot of nerd going on in this episode. They, they probably are, and they immediately hit the stop button. Uh... <laughs> And say I'll just I'll just wait till next week. Thanks. Uh, appreciate it. Guys, <laughs> and then they miss but... out on some of the awesome that comes out when we have our conversations. Well, they they miss out on what comes out of our conversations, whether it's awesome or not. Uh, uh, you know <laughs> that you know, like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. True. Um, true. Uh, <laughs> however, I do appreciate the fact that you kind of pick up the mantle of the nerd fact when I'm not on the show. I, I appreciate that. Or, I'm sorry, when uh, when I'm not doing it, which is either I'm not on the show or Obi-John's not, and I step in for for uh, uh, announcer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like I like nerd facts. Uh, today I was wearing my um, pick your character, your character select sweatshirt, you know, that I order, ordered off of Public yeah. with um, Godzilla and uh, Gypsy Danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we had a presentation from a technology person who's trying, who is, she's a salesperson trying to sell this. Basically, it's like a giant tablet for your classroom, like a giant touch screen that you hang on your board. But anyway. Interesting. Uh, she looked at my sweatshirt and she goes, I love your sweatshirt. And then we had like a five minute conversation about our nerddoms. So. Battle of the nerddoms. That works. It was, it was nice. So speaking of nerddoms, that's going to segue nicely into our topic today because our topic today has to do with different, uh, I guess you could could call them nerddoms, but IPs or intellectual properties. And you and I have been discussing uh, for uh, several months now uh, role-playing games and and the like. You are new to the role-playing game field. You are a new yes. player. Um and you know welcome to the dark side just so you know <laughs> and uh um uh, you've played tabletop games board games and stuff you know with us in in the past uh, and everything yep. so you're not new to that but you know you, but we're discussing today is IPs that need a tabletop game either a board game something or a, a full on RPG um and and so i feel like uh this is a good topic to discuss because uh, because I, I had fun in, in introducing you to the the world of role-playing games through these the West End games Star Wars d6 game which is yes. no longer in publication officially but you know it's still out there yes uh, no I and I agree that the the crazy thing is in looking at things today the the number of 
IPs that currently have an RPG that I was like, wow, I can't believe somebody took the time to make that. Oh yeah. <laughs> if it's popular and it, well, if it's, if it's really popular and somebody thinks, you know, Hey, we can grab some, some bucks off of this. Um, then let's do it. And that actually brings up a topic that I kind of want to have on house rules. And, uh, perhaps, you know, I can convince you to hop over to house rules one day for this. Um, because you've got your big role playing games, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, Call of Cthulhu, RuneQuest, you know, all of that, Star Wars, uh, that have huge, uh, RPGs behind them and everything. But you also have the RPGs that are just quick cash grabs. Uh, and they, you know, somebody picked up the IP, they did an RPG, it got a main book and maybe two or three supplements and then just died on the vine, you know, cause they didn't have the support behind it. Um, one of those is actually one I've been looking for. It was the supernatural RPG. Uh, and I think it was the last RPG done by, uh, uh, Margaret Weiss, uh, uh, publications. And, uh, it's out of print, been out of print for a while and I cannot find a copy of it anywhere. I would, yeah, that would be fun. Um, cause currently I'm in the middle of watching all the seasons of supernatural. So yeah, yeah, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Um, but anyway, so that's, that's not worry. That's not our topic today. Our topic today is, is IPs we think deserve, uh, a tabletop game. And, uh, this was your topic. You came up with this idea and I love it. So I'm going to let you shoot out what your first idea was on something that needs one. And, and we can discuss that. Okay. So I had, I was thinking RPGs, but you know, when you open it to tabletop games, this one could go either way. And I feel like it would be a lot of fun and there's a lot of story elements you could do to it. And there could be a lot of customization, um, whether you're customizing a character or customizing something else. And the first one I thought of was Mad Max. Mad Max. The um, world of Mad Max. Mad Max would be a, a, a very good um, uh, tabletop game. I was just checking real quick on Board Game Geek, and uh, I cannot find, it does not say that there's any, well, there's a 2017 Mad Max. Um uh from warp spawn games but there's no pictures or anything uh yeah so it's a card game two to four players based on the mad max series of movies players share a common deck comprising seven different cards uh with 10 different cards in each suit uh max leadership foe vehicle aid survivor and location each player is dealt seven cards and then takes turns uh, with each turn comprising three phases, fill, fill your hand to eight cards, fight phase, and, and more. I'm not going to get into it all, but so there is one card game for Mad Max. Um, I don't know. What, did you search to see if there's ever been a Mad Max role playing game? I did. I couldn't really find anything. Um, and see what I was thinking is it's it's perfect for designing your own character. And you don't necessarily, and this is where I like the idea of you being really imaginative with your character design. You come up with its own backstory. You come up with what they're doing, you know, like their their goals, what they're trying to do. Are they just out there to survive? Are they out there to raid? You know, are they, um, oh, I can't think of his name, the guy with the hockey mask from Road Warrior. 
Oh, uh, it's been so long since I've seen these. You, you've got me on, on character names. Uh, I can't think of it. Somebody will... Uh, I'm going to... i got to figure this out. But anyway, um, what I liked is all that... The things that you could do and uh, all the different options you would have for, like, vehicles. Yes, yes. And, and, and they're in lines... And the customization of vehicles. Yeah, and therein lies one of the things that you would have to get into with a Mad Max uh, uh, role-playing game. Is in addition to characters, you would have to have the vehicle rules. You, the, uh, your vehicle, your character's vehicle, would have to be, uh, you know, as customizable, and it had to be a character almost unto itself. Humongous. The character was humongous. <laughs> okay. Um, I had I had to look it up. Humongous. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's like, I agree that you'd have to have something for vehicles because in the world of Mad Max, vehicles are like, that's the thing. That's like, they are characters themselves. They, they are. And so, uh, now, two things here. First of all, uh, I've I've I'm just been doing some looking here. I can't find an actual Mad Max, um, uh, yeah, um, role playing game that was licensed. However, um, uh, there 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 are two out there somewhat in this vein. Um, there is a, a a a tabletop RPG called Wastelands, which is very Mad Max inspired. It's basically uh, a Mad Max role-playing game without the IP. Um, huh. Yeah, it, it, it's out of print right now, um, but it, it is out there. It doesn't quite have the, the, the vehicle settings, the vehicle rules that we're, we're uh, spitballing here. Um, so if you were to do a Mad Max uh, uh, licensed IP RPG, then yes, you you would you would definitely have to have an entire section just on um, uh, uh, vehicles. Not only just on vehicles, but also uh, in in the the current seventh edition of uh, Call of Cthulhu from Chaosium, they actually have uh, a set of rules and an entire chapter that governs chases. Okay. Nice. And, and uh, as far as I know, and I could be mistaken because I've not perused every RPG that's out there, it's the only RPG that actually has its own chapter dedicated to chases. Most RPGs do a, do a chase just as, you know, dex checks or endurance checks or something along those lines. But this, the, 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 I like the way they do chases in that game. And you could definitely take those and expand upon them. Uh, to have you know car chases for Mad Max, uh, yeah, because and it, such, the, and like the the thing that I thought of is not only because like you you know you think about an RPG you level up right, or like in our Star Wars RPG you gain skills and exactly. you improve your skills, yeah, and so like this could be something where you gain skills or level up your character, but also gain th- items or level up your vehicle and you start, you know, you could start with, cause in Mad Max, the original Mad Max, he just starts with what is basically a police interceptor. But then throughout the course of the movies, it 
changes and mutates into basically the Mad Max car that you see mostly in Road Warrior. But you get a little bit of it in Fury Road. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. You, you could level up your vehicle uh, or find more components to increase its stats and such. Most definitely. Uh, I, I would love that. That would be awesome. Um, uh, I, I had thought, and it just uh, just fleeted right out of my head there. Um, well, now, if it, we'll, huh? we'll wait and see if it comes back to you. But the other thing I thought, too, was when you started talking about tabletop games, not just RPGs, I feel like Mad Max could blend into the style of like Star Wars Outer Rim. Uh, well, I don't know about Outer Rim. So Outer Rim is almost a pseudo-Euro style game where you're you're moving stuff back and forth, you're taking jobs and such. However, if you want Mad Max Tabletop, then you need to look at a tabletop game called Car Wars uh, done by Steve Jackson Games. It's straight up Mad Max, you know, Mad Max Fury Road where you have the... And a little bit of Death Race 2000, where you have the, the decked out vehicles and you're, you're doing combat with the other players in the middle of a big road chase and such. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, once again, uh, you know, the, the game, I mean, Mad Max has it, it has been around for since, what, the 70s? Was it 78? Is that when the first one came out? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Late 70s, early 80s. And, I mean, it inspired, you know, a bunch of people. So, there have been games that have inspiration for this uh, out there, sure. Uh, but nothing with the actual IP. But I, I think that the the tabletop world could really benefit um, from uh, uh, the IP of Mad Max, having it out there. Uh, of course, one of the reasons I think that you, you don't have it is because the gentleman that can, that has creative control over Mad Max, um, only puts out like a movie, like, like once a decade. Um, (laughs) and he does it because, and and I get why he does it. And he wants the, he wants the, 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 the quality to be there. And I get that. And I can respect that. I got no problems with that. But at the same time, you can't build multi-million dollar franchises on, uh, you know, uh, a, um, a movie a decade. Um, right. I mean, you know, Star Wars being the, the exception that proves the rule, but now we're getting crap tons of Star Wars content, so. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was my first one. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a great uh, it's a great topic. It's a great IP. Uh, I love the idea. I love the focus on vehicles. Uh, it's definitely something that, that needs to be done uh, like that. Um, however, um, um. Yeah, if you if you want Mad Max without the IP, then you do have some options to go out there. So yeah, very nice. Yep. Uh. So anyway, when um, uh, when when we were talking about this, it, this, this is an idea that I've had in my head for a while. Um. And I don't think. Uh. That. I've seen one official, okay? And up until recently, an official RPG, and up until recently, there had not been an official tabletop game or uh, board game, but there now is an official board game for this. 
Uh, but I think this really, really deserves to have an RPG because I love the world. I'm just not quite sure how to how to do it. Um, but that was the Rocketeer. Ooh. Um, so part of the problem that I have with this, because I've thought about this for a while now, is doing the Rocketeer. Now, there there is a uh, thing from Evil Hat Productions called the Three Rocketeers uh, that is a pseudo-Rocketeer RPG. It's not a new system. It's written for the, the, the Fate uh, core system which is an open license game system. Um, and, and this one has, like... So it has people with uh, jetpacks, okay? Yep. But it's... So, to give you an idea, it's it's Journey Through the Holy Roman Stellar Empire and the Worlds of Britannica Solaria in this Fate World Adventure by P.K. Sullivan. So it's this futuristic space... I don't know thing and and that just kills me with it uh, because I want the Rocketeer you know I want it set in in the you know pre World War Two era you know between World War One and World War Two so set basically in the thirties um and so just thinking about this if you did an RPG of uh, the Rocketeer the one thing you can't play is the Rocketeer right. And that kills it for me. That's why I, I, I keep having this problem. I'm not sure how to get 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 past this because you've got you've got the the mafia is in it. Of course, you've got Nazis as the primary bad guys. And I've not read all the source material. I've got the original core comics, um, but I've not read all the supplemental stuff that's come out since you know those were released. And of course, I've seen the Disney movie. I love the Disney movie. Um, well, so what if you had sort of like a like a Rocketeer core type thing, well, where there's more than just the Rocketeer. So that's what I was thinking, and that's what I keep trying to come up with, is, and I don't want the Rocketeer core. And the reason I don't want yeah. the Rocketeer core, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I get where you're going, and that's the first thought that popped into my head, too. It's the logical go-to. Uh, and the reason that I, I don't want to do that is because uh, of a little TV show that came out... Uh, on the, I think it was the United Paramount Network when it started, called Team Knight Rider. <laughs> and oh my god, was that a horrible idea. It was a horrible concept. It was a horrible execution. Uh, and so that that's what turns me off to it. But I'm thinking, so at the end of The Rocketeer, the movie, which is actually a decently faithful uh, adaptation of the original core story by the creator, you know, the, of the comics. Um... You know, after the events of that, whatever whatever game you set has to take place after the events of the, that core set. And so you come to the basically you've got you've got Peavy and Cliff Secord. The original rocket is destroyed, but Peavy still has the plans. Uh, uh, you know, Howard Hughes had kind of given up on the idea. He he decided he didn't like it, but Peavy still has it, so he's tinkering around with it. But what if a copy of the plans did get out? You know, what if you find out that, that you know, Neville Sinclair was able to transmit um, partial copies of the, the, the plans so that, like, the, so that there, there's, like, I don't know, 
prototype copies of the rocket pack out there in the world. Let's say you set this five years later. Right. And PV has, has improved the original design. So there's a, so the rocketeer is actually using a rocket pack Mark two. Right. You know, so your character can either be a support person for the rocketeer and PV, or you could, you could create an entire organization that works with the rocketeer with cliff Secord. Um, and maybe, you know, or your character gets its hand, gets their hands on another prototype pack and you're a, a kind of a pseudo rocketeer, you know, and you're doing your thing. And then you, you know, then Cliff pulls into your story because he's coming after you because he wants to know where the pack came from. You know, that that type of thing. Yeah. It's just spitballing. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, you've I got... Like yeah, you've got Sorry, go ahead. no, no, that's fine. You, but I mean, you've got the mafia, you've got uh, Joe Schmoes, you've got pilots, you've got um, uh, uh, whoever you want, government agents. You got FBI. I wouldn't bring the CIA or anything into into it, but definitely stick with the FBI. Uh, in fact, you can have an entire FBI. Like once the first rocket pack shows up, you know. In fact, you you could you could start the core story where and and and. and it, it, you you set the the thing in in like 1939 or just a few years after the thing and another rocket pack shows up so the FBI comes to visit Cliff again and that's when PV admits yeah I've been working on a a, a 2.0 but this isn't mine mine's right here and you know they they start up basically kind of like a Rocketeer X Files like a subdivision of the FBI where they're going after Ooh, this yeah. rocket pack and you find out there's multiple out there uh, in the so. world. I have so here's another thought because I also thought of something like I was trying to think of another good RPG for like an era and um, one that always popped into my head was like World War II time mm-hmm. and maybe like alternate history type thing. Mm-hmm. So what what if like they teamed up with a branch of the military and you could be say some sort of support personnel through the military and you're part of a squad that is there to help track down these, um, illegal jetpacks, I guess you could say. Yeah. And, and actually there, therein lies, I, I think that's the sequel to the, to the original comics, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on this. Uh, Obi John would be better to, to, to answer these questions because he's read more of the comics than I have. But if, uh, you know, if you wanted to set it in world war two, and you could have Cliff Secord training an elite squad of say five people to use rocket packs in the war effort. Yeah. Uh, and then in in the process of their missions or after the first mission, you find out that you know uh, th- there are Nazi versions of the packs, but they're not as good because they're based off of incomplete plans transmitted by Neville Neville Sinclair. Whereas you all have the PV Mark Two, you know Mark Two packs. Right. Um, that would. That, there could be a lot of fun, interesting things that you could do with that route. Yeah, yeah. There, there are places that you can go. It's just finding it and making it sustainable uh, and, and being able to tell without basically telling the same story over and over and over and over again. That That's the problem that you would have. Right. Uh, and, and I think that's the, the type of thing that kills stuff like Supernatural, you know is because basically you're just telling the same story over and over and over and over again, eventually. But and, well, they and did it, it for 15 that. seasons, so... And, and I'm not saying it can't be done well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, I don't know. But that that was one of the first places that that my head kind of went to uh, with this was the Rocketeer because right. it's something I've been thinking about because I've I've always wanted to create my own role playing game, but uh, and, and I did once um, when I was in high school or just after high school. Um, I borrowed heavily from uh, a, a, a a a I think it was a no task. Task Force games, I think is what it was at the time. I borrowed heavily from uh, their Prime Directive game, but um, but yeah, that that was one of the ones that I went to. Well, Scott, yes, sir. If you want to create a role playing game, mm-hmm. um, this IP actually has a role playing game. Okay, but there are changes that I would make, and um, I think it could be a lot of fun. Okay. And that is Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. So you say it currently has an RPG. It uh, it had an RPG. Yeah, what well, one uh, one exists? Yes, but, but I'm I'm sure it's out of print now. Right. Uh, and so, what I thought would be cool, because if you're thinking RPG, okay, you're you're going to create your own character. But I figured that there would be three pathways you could take. All right. You could go mobile infantry, you could go fleet, or you could go science division. And if you had multiple people in your party, and each one of them wanted, like, you know, say a couple of them wanted to be MI, and a couple wanted to be fleet, and a couple wanted to be science, there's ways that you could intertwine their stories together for certain campaigns. Or, like, if you only had a few people available, you could do sort of a one-off type thing with just the MI guys or girls. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're going to do RP, uh, um, and when you found the the actual uh, RPG for Starship Troopers, did, did you did you find out who published it and when? Um, I didn't write that down. I could probably find it again real quick, but I, I want to say it was 2007. Um, yeah, I mean, you would definitely have to do either even either mobile infantry. Uh here we go. Okay. Uh, Starship Troopers role-playing game, tabletop role-playing game, produced by Mongoose Publishing in 2005. Ah, Mongoose. Gotta love Mongoose. Now, is the, is that book, uh, let's see here, I, I pulled it up here, I pulled up the Wikipedia on it. So this is based off of Heinlein's Starship Troopers. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry, it's mostly based on its adaptation. So it's mostly based off the movie, the second movie, and the cartoon series. So, here's my thing. Um, since this exists, honestly, I, I don't know if I would do a new Starship Troopers game based off of the movie and such, like yeah. this did, or if I would base it off of Heinlein's books. Uh, or book, I should say, because only, he only did, as far as I know, one Starship Troopers book. But with the... the um, um, with the power armor and stuff. And, and I know, I think the second movie or the third movie tried to bring the power armor into it, didn't it? I think so. Yeah. But I think I would, I would, I would steer clear of doing it based off of the movie and stuff. And, and I would do it, um, uh, straight off of Heinlein's novel itself. Okay. You know, cause I see, I'm more familiar with the movie. Yeah. And, and I get that. And, and, and that, that's fine. Uh, and a lot of people are, and like you said, and, and like, and and 
keep in mind, this is also, we're discussing intellectual properties. And when it comes to Starship Troopers, uh, the movie is, is at the forefront of people. Nobody, 90% of people, you know, don't even know who the fuck Heinlein was. And, and, and I think that is a, that, that, that speaks very badly of, of the state of our world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, there's, and I'm, I'm still looking at it. There's so many mobile infantry classes. The infantry trooper, a chaplain. Why would you want to play as a chaplain? Uh, comm <laughs> trooper, engineer, field medic, a hero of the Federation slash veteran, a light armor trooper, a marauder driver, a neo-dog handler. I don't even know what that is. But, see, mine was simpler, okay? All right, you ready for... This is my simple explanation. Uh-huh. You... You pick MI, Fleet, or Science Division, okay? And then you start as a private, okay? Okay. And every time that you accomplish your goal or, you know, you succeed in a campaign or maybe a superior officer dies, because that's what happens a lot in the movie, you (laughs) rank up. So, like, you go private, then private first class, then uh, corporal. And maybe like Lance Corporal. So it's, it's, just, so so it would be a level based system, but you're just using rank in lieu of level numbers. Right. And then when you reach a certain level, like say you're a corporal, you can get like the designation as squad leader. So now you have control over a whole squad instead of just your one character. Like you're still your character, but now you are issuing orders to well, squad. So uh... I see what you're saying, and I get where you're coming from. I'm looking at this from a standpoint of a game master and trying to run a game. And if I've got yeah. if I've got four players who start out as privates or whatever, um, and and you know, say six or seven uh, adventures in to a campaign, I now have six squad leaders. You see, or, or Four squad leaders. You see what I'm saying? If every character is a squad leader, then literally I've got four characters leading four squads of ten. So I've basically got um, four characters that are the squad leaders of a a platoon. You know? Okay. And so so I've got to start scaling up the adventures, or I've got to find a way to isolate the squad leaders from their troops in the middle of a battle to tell a story. It's true. So maybe not directing a squad, but like I wouldn't want to get rid of the rank thing. That's what I think would be kind of neat. Yeah, no, I I completely I, I'm fine with the rank thing. That's that's completely fine with me. I like the idea of, you know, going going one of the three divisions. That's cool. Um but this becomes one of those things that uh I think it would lend itself very well to a one-on-one game versus a one group thing. Or if you could convince, you know, if you, if you could have everybody, you know, evenly distribute, like if you, well, but if you had one person, so if you had three people playing mobile infantry and one person playing fleet. Yeah. Now you've got to run two completely separate campaigns for those characters because they usually aren't going to be doing things together much. Right. So I would take it out of, well, you could have them do that, but I, I would leave that up to the Game Master. Am I running a mobile infantry campaign? Am I running a fleet campaign? 
Actually, I would just do that. Either a mobile infantry game or a fleet game. Uh, and, 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 and then restrict the, the... You have your game master restrict the player characters to those classes. Or if your player can give you a good reason that one from the other one would be in this game, then that's cool. And I would leave the sciences division to either specialty games where you just have small squads of, of them or NPCs. Okay. But uh, once again, that's just me spitballing. And that's, that's not, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. And I love the idea of Starship Troopers. Uh, in fact, that leads me to another IP I would love to see as a role-playing game. All right, all right. Uh, but it's not an IP that you're familiar with because it's had no live-action adaptations. Okay. Uh, it's a book series, completely. And if you've never read it, you should read it. Uh, it's called the Legion of the Damned series. The Legion of the Damned? Yes. So, it's set in the far future, okay? Uh, and humanity is basically at war. There's interstellar travel and everything. And the the, uh, the military unit, or the military, the, the organized military unit that has survived to this point in the future and that, that all of humanity's army is based off of is the French Foreign Legion. Okay? It's been a while since I've read this. It's been several years, so I may be getting some of this wrong. But it starts out, so if in in the futuristic society, if um, uh, if if somebody is convicted of murder, okay, um, they are sentenced to death. Right? There's capital punishment. But they are sentenced to die in the same manner as their victim. So, at the beginning of the first book, uh, the main character is, he's a convicted murderer, he's sentenced to death, and he, he, he mugged a woman or something. It was armed robbery gone wrong, basically, is what it was. Yep. And, and, and he shot her, like, six times. And, like, the first bullet went through her hand, the second through her shoulder, then her leg, then her spleen, you know, because he's firing randomly. Well, he's sentenced to die in the same manner, so he has to be shot the same number of times in the same locations in the same sequence. Um, and if you're eligible, you can elect. Basically, if, if you're eligible for it, the Foreign Legion or the or the Legion of the Damned, your brain is is pulled. If your brain is intact, it's pulled out, and you're sentenced to service in the Legion for so many years. Your brain is pulled out of your dead body. And it is it is put into a brain box, okay? And you're basically plugged into a robot body, and you're forced to, to fight on on the front lines of the war. And I forget who they're fighting. It's been so long. In fact, I need to go back and reread these. So I, I looked it up. Yeah. Because I, I was interested. Yeah. And uh, so the plot summary: In the far future, the human empire has been attacked by the alien Hudatha. And humanity's last hope lies with the Legion, the successor to the French Foreign Legion. An elite fighting force composed of humans and cyborgs. Yes, there there, there are humans that fight in the Legion as well, but they elected to be there. The cyborgs are in brain boxes, yeah. And then it says when a patient is terminally ill or a criminal receives the death penalty, they have one last chance to survive, and that's to join the Legion and become a cyborg. Yep. And what's really fun, so when they're on the battlefield... If their if their if their cyborg body gets destroyed or not destroyed but pulled to the point that it's 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 combat non viable, then somebody on the battlefield can pull the brain box. 
So you can get plugged into different bodies. Um, and uh, in the series, it's great. Because in the series, so not only are they like, they're like troop level, you know, cyborg bodies, you know, with, with the guns and everything, like, like T-1000 type thing, you know? Right. But... There are huge, like six-legged. You know the you know the six-legged big crawler tanks from Clone Wars. Yes. So there are those, okay, nice. uh, that are also controlled by by a, a brain box, okay. And in the story, there is one of those. I can't remember. He's been serving the Legion for well over a century. Okay. Wow. His only goal right now is to die, and so when he goes into battle. He literally has his his support people paint a large target on him. His goal is to make himself as visible as possible, but he but he his luck won't run out. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to die. Poor guy. <laughs> so, if you've never read these books, you need to read these books. Especially nice. if you like Starship Troopers and I'll tell you why. So, first, I can't remember what's the author's name. I can't remember. Uh, William Dietz. William Dietz. Okay. I'm, 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 honestly, this is the only thing of his I've ever read. But the man knows nothing about women. The man writes a woman just like a man. Okay? His women okay. characters are basically just men with female genitalia. <laughs> That's it. Oh. Uh, um, but he writes some of the most beautiful futuristic military fiction ever. His military stuff is spot on. If you strip out the gratuitous sex because his female characters are overly horny um, and, and just use the military stuff, it, it would make for a really great role-playing game. One, yeah. 100%. And you could, like you said, you've got options for characters. You know, Is your character uh, a, a human that's, that's fighting for the Legion for whatever? Are you a brain box? If you're a brain box, what was your backstory? Were, were you, were you uh, a murderer? Were you somebody who was just desperate and tried to rob somebody and accidentally killed somebody? Were you a terminally ill patient? Uh, were you wrongfully accused? You know, were you one of the innocents that that you know was was wrongfully pro- uh, prosecuted and found guilty of a crime you didn't commit, and now you wake up and find yourself in the Legion? If you can find them. Maybe you can hire the Legion. Uh, Just kill me, please. Uh, I pity the fool who don't kill me. Paint a target on my back, fool. Uh, No, it actually, it sounds pretty interesting. I like it. I like that idea. Yeah, see now you got me wanting to look on eBay to see if I can find uh, the novels again because it's been so long. I don't, I don't actually have copies of the novels anymore. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, no, that would be cool because you, like you said, you can get a lot of different backstories. And and not to backtrack, but thinking about backstories, if you if you do the Starship Troopers one, if they had a Starship Troopers one, think about. I think about. Um, the scene where they're in the shower for many reasons, but, uh, <laughs> wait, 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 that... is it, it, is your wife isn't an earshot. Is she, she can't be hearing no, you no, saying no. that. <laughs> uh, the first thing though, is like, that comes to mind is the fact that they're all there for different reasons. So like, 
are you there to get into college? Are you there to, you know, become yeah, a citizen? Become a so citizen for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like all these different things that they they say in that scene, you can then take and apply to your character. Um, but let's just combine the two IPs together. Legion of the Damned Starship Troopers. Legion of the Damned Starship Troopers. Well, you could definitely take you could definitely take uh, both of those and kind of mush them together into into an RPG. Uh, that, that would be fun. I, I could see that. I, I could definitely see that because uh, once again, it's been twenty years since I read Legion of the Damned. Um, but if uh, you know, I don't remember how much they did with with the fleet aspect of it because it's all it's it's all focused on the the ground based combat yeah. and stuff but yeah that would be that would be fun um in fact see now i want to i want to explore that damn it why do you do this to me jay troopers starship troopers of the damned starship troopers of the damned oh man and then like they're not only oh oh now we're see now you got me off on a tangent that's fine. my imagination just goes too too far um I think of like a legion of the damned, not just as people who are, you know, going to die or like sentenced to death, but now you can throw in supernatural things and you have vampire cyborg starship troopers. I'm I'm sorry. I think my brain froze on that. Could you go over that one more time, please? (laughs) Vampire cyborg starship troopers. I, see now I think you're bringing about the apocalypse right yeah, I, I opened the cage I let Lucifer out yeah, uh, yeah wow okay uh, we, deep cut right deep we, cut I think we have just figured out why math teachers are not allowed to have an imagination uh, <laughs> I'm going to need you to turn that in at the end of the show sir uh <laughs> We'll allow you to check out your imagination occasionally when you need some visitation and play dates with it, but you're you're clearly not allowed to have it full time anymore. Hey, no. you know when when all you do is teach math all day and your <laughs> creative side is just stuck because there's no. I'm not saying math isn't creative. Like art is math, and math is art, but math in itself is not creative. It's already set pretty much. Uh, so when you have somebody like me who has an active imagination and it's let free, these are the things that happen. Sorry. So, ooh, a werewolf wearing oh, shock God. trooper arm. Good God, no. No. <laughs> no, we're, we're just going to stop you there. We're just, we're just going to go read Legion of the Damned, find the books, read them, come back, and then we'll talk. All right? <laughs> okay. All right, shifting gears rapidly. Shift it. Uh, I think you're going to like this idea because it's not just this one IP, but there are several IPs that kind of fold into the same idea. But I came up with one that has a lot of options to it. Okay. And how would you feel about an RPG that revolves around the Bourne series? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. So there is not, uh, there is not a one for the born for for born itself. 
However, over the years, there have been many different spy role-playing games. Uh, of course, a lot of them draw a lot of inspiration, of course, from Bond, because right. uh, at the time that they were done, Bond was the big one. Um, but there was a TSR game back in the day called Top Secret SI, uh, uh, which I've never played. I've seen the material, I've read through the material, but I've never actually played it. But it uh, it would... Um, uh, it would it would definitely you could do that to do some some born stuff. Um, there was another one from Wizards of the Coast back in the '90s when they came out with the D20 system uh, and released it under Open Gaming License, which was called. I'm gonna completely blank on this name here. Shit. <sighs> Damn it. I owned it. Oh, Spycraft. It was just called Spycraft. Um. And uh, uh, and you could definitely do you use that. Uh, a lot of these though do tend to get um, gadget heavy because, like I said, their primary inspiration right. is drawn from Bond. Yeah, and that's one thing I like about Jason Bourne. So Jason Bourne is not a spy per se. He is and he isn't, but he doesn't use the whole Bourne thing. Doesn't use um, gadgets. He, he's a I like to I like to use the word operative. He's an operative. Yes. So if you were going to do a born RPG, what would you focus on? How would you make it different from other RPGs that are out there that deal with the Cold War and spy genre? So what I would I'd, I'd have you create your character, okay? But like like most like I would keep your character sheet secret from other characters. Um, because just like in the Bourne series, there were different like iterations of attempts at this sort of creating a super soldier type thing. Yeah. Like the perfect operative. Yep. Um, like there was the Blackstone and then there's, I can't think of all of them. Yeah. Um, and so you don't know what system you were in. Like you, the other players wouldn't know what one you were. Actually, and then well, hang on. Do you mind if I do you mind if I interject here? No, go ahead. So I see what you're saying, and, and I like it. Um, now I, I would argue that pretty much in every role playing game, you you do kind of keep your character sheet secret from other people. Not that they can't see it. Like in, if you're right. playing Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, you can show other people your character sheet, but you generally don't. What I would suggest is that this would be a game that primarily... That this is a game you don't make your character. What if this is a game where your game master makes your character? Oh. And you sort of figure out who you are as you play. And you learn, or or you could either do that, the game master could make as much or as little of your, of their, of your character as they wanted for their game. But gameplay is also your character creation. Like, you create the character during gameplay. The Game Master would start out with a base skeleton, and yeah. and you and the Game Master and, and everybody, as you're playing through, you would get to a milestone, and your Game Master would say, all right, you got this situation, you got to make this decision. Here is ten character points. What skill are you dumping them into? See, and I... What's crazy is I said that, like, for your skill set... What does your character focus on? Do you focus on weapons? Do you focus on hand-to-hand combat? 
are you more into like the language barrier and being able to speak foreign languages? You know, um, are you kind of sneaky? Are you, you know what I mean? Like, where do you dump your character points as you go? Like sort of adapting your character as they move through the situation. Huh? Sort of like a, like kind of like what you were saying. And I think that's where I was going with it. A learn as you go sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I see that. I, uh, but because, like, if you think about Bourne himself, yes, he, he lost his memory and yeah. he gains it back. Yeah, but he's the only one that does that. That's true. You know, he, he's the only person in that program that loses his memory. Everybody else knows exactly who they are, where they came from, and what they're capable of. But if uh, uh, if if you could, um. I, I still like I really like the idea of character creation as you play. Yeah, that, that I you, do too. That you don't. That's I don't think there's another game that's done that. That you know you, you either you you hit milestones or certain areas and and okay now you have to make your next decision about your character creation. What's he gonna be? Sort of like like you're you're starting your training. But your training is on site, like during the job training, something like you know that. what I mean. Yeah, you know, what I, yeah, like yeah, that's your character creation is like you're you're experiencing it as you go. Yeah. Instead of saying these are all the things my character can do, well, you know, you come to a locked door. Do you use your points to increase your physical? skills and just kick the door in or do you use it to increase like say your intellectual skills and like your ability to say pick a lock Mm, yeah yeah Uh, character creation through gameplay is something very interesting and i don't think so now there there is a game out there that's really fun called traveler which has been around in many iterations over the years um that there's a chance your character may not survive character creation but still, it's just character creation, and then you start gameplay. I don't know of anything that you start playing and you build your character throughout the course of the campaign. So that literally, at the end of your campaign, you should have a fully fleshed out character that has a story of its creation. Like, the RPG itself is character creation. Yeah. See, I think you and I were on the same page. We're just saying it in different ways. Yeah, with maybe some... some, some little little nuanced differences but for the most part yeah um yeah i'm just looking at other things i wrote down for that but yeah like I, and i think that because yeah you could do the whole spy thing and it's like oh i'm gonna be sneaky and listen to this conversation but the thing i love about born the movies is that it was a great mix of storytelling and action and I think that's what makes an RPG fun is the mix of the story with sequences of action. Well, I mean, you know, in most role-playing games, you you strive to uh, to to keep a good balance between storytelling stuff and action scenes. You know, yeah, you don't want to just do one of each the the whole time. But but I really like the idea of a game that you. Uh, you um, you build the character as you play. 
I, I like that. That that that's a good idea. I'll have to look in to see if there's anything that's done that. I I, I don't think that there is off the top of my head. Um. Yeah. No, that would be fun. And I also like the idea that the uh, the game master is the one who sort of makes your character for you. Has like a, a template to go off of and says, here's your basic person. And you just, like you said, yeah. create as you go. You just create as you go. Exactly. That would be fun. I like You that. could be like... You could be John Smith, Blackstone operative. You can kill a man with a thumb. <laughs> so wrong. He, he's very, very dangerous with a uh, power strip. <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. I don't think I did. Um, King Sue is a very potent uh, elixir. There's so. nothing wrong with that. It's all right. It, it definitely, it's delicious. <laughs> um, well, so I'm, I'm gonna we're, we'll shift gears here again because I like the idea and I want to explore that some more. I, I think that'll be fun with the Jason board, but um, I'm gonna touch base uh, on a on a game that on an IP that I thought has deserved. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to lump these into two. I'm going to do two different IPs on this one. Okay. Okay. And the reason I'm doing two different IPs is because I'm cheating on this. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, and I'm I'm cheating is because they are IPs that I always thought needed, needed an RPG. In fact, I created one for one of them when I was, uh, at the end of high school, going into college for, for just some friends to play. And now they are getting actual RPGs. Uh, they have art. They are slated for release uh, in, in early 2022, and that is Transformers and GI Joe. Ooh, Transformers, GI Joes in disguise. Wait, no, that's not right. It's not. It's not, it's not entirely right. No, but it's <laughs> it's okay. Um, but that's okay. Oh man. That's and you know what? What's scary, Scott, is that I actually considered Transformers as well as an RPG. Well, there is one coming out uh, in early twenty-two, early twenty twenty-two. Uh, so you're you, so you've got your 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 what's it called, King King Sue, King Sue, which you said is an extremely potent elixir. Um, yes, um, I too have uh, a, a potent elixir in the form of my bourbon. <laughs> Is it a, uh, is it, is it a, what is it, a peanut butter monkey? No, uh, 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 a a TCB. TCB. It is a TCB. So, for for those of you who have stuck with us listening this long, uh, (laughs) basically what Scott Scott and I are saying is that we're getting there. Well, you know, it happens. (laughs) But anyway, um, so back in, you know, high school, college era-ish, uh, I wanted to. I wanted to play Transformers. I wanted to run my friends because I was watching the 1986 Transformers movie, right? Yep. And I thought, you know, the the at the beginning of that movie, you've got the battle for Autobot City, and you've got that scene where Optimus Prime comes in, and you know, you know, Stan Bush's. You've got the touch is playing, and Prime 
comes rolling in and literally, and he bashes through. So I thought this would be just a fun thing to run my friends through is this fight. But there's no role-playing game for it, so I created one. And while I was watching the movie, this was the primary inspiration. Um, you know, Prime lands, and he, 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 you know, Megatron must be stopped, no matter the cost. And he transforms into the rig, and Stan Bush's You Got the Touch starts playing. And, you know, 19, you know, 80-something me, you know, goose goosebumps up the spine. And, and he, he goes through, and he plows through, literally rams, like, the first three or four Decepticons that he comes across, right? And uh, every time Prime transforms, of course, he has to, his legs have to fold out from the back and everything. And, and, and it, it never really made sense, but this one did it in slow motion, and it accentuated so these explosive bolts, you know... Uh, uh, detonate from beneath his front bumper and propel him upward, and that's what allows him to start the transformation process. Like I said, it, it emphasized it in this movie and did it. So he runs through. He 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 rams three or four Decepticons. He boom he is propelled up in the air. Starts the transformation. Comes out of the transformation with his gun, shooting three or four more, and he's just kicking ass and taking names. Yep. And I'm like, by God, that's just a great damn scene and so when i created this one of the mechanics that i used in this and i stole this from um the old uh star trek role-playing game called prime directive which i think was done by task force games back in the late 70s don't quote me on that one i had to look again and uh i i incorporated this thing called level of action and it was a random role um, where you basically you could either have a simple a, a, a simple medium or complex action, and it, it basically came down to you could just do one simple action, two simple actions, three simple actions. You could just kind of you know how you want to do it. So if you rolled a complex action, you could basically transform, move a certain distance, transform an attack type thing. Um, right. But one thing that I put in this game that I hope is in the official game when it comes out next year is random character creation. And I stole that from the TSR Marvel Super Heroes game uh, from the 80s as well. Because I like the idea of being able to have tables where you could randomly roll a Transformer. You know. So you would randomly roll... Let's see. You would randomly roll your... Uh, um, like if you were a regular or a triple changer, then you would randomly roll your alt form... Uh, you would randomly check to see if you were a combiner. Um, and of course this was before headmasters and stuff, so I didn't have any of that in there. Um, and you would randomly roll for a secondary trait. Uh, and I forget what some of them are cause, cause you had your different weapons. Some had some, some alternate energy weapons. Some had other abilities, you know, like Mirage had the ability to create Mirages. So you had a secondary ability for Optimus Prime. Uh, the inspiration for the secondary ability was was what I called trailer into nothingness. You know? Because <laughs> every time he would transform, his trailer would disappear, except for the couple of episodes where it was vitally important to the plot. That <laughs> 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 the trailer actually like be the there. <laughs> like in the movie when he has that giant trailer, and then you're just like, where does trailer go? Exactly. It's trailer into nothingness. It's a secondary ability. You should read the role-playing game I wrote. <laughs> Clearly... <laughs> 
clearly the uh, the people who did the cartoon read my role playing game <laughs> many years before I created it. Well, I was thinking of the live action movie too, because <laughs> in one of the movies he's got that giant trailer. Yeah, they fi- <laughs> they finally do give him a trailer in one of the sequels. Yeah, and then when he transforms, the trailer's gone. Right, uh, but that's okay because that's the way Prime's supposed to be. Because he has trailer into nothingness. It's a secondary then, ability. This the discussion they had in the live action movie was, well, you know what? They did it in the cartoon. We can make the trailer disappear too. It's yes. fine. Nobody will notice. <laughs> exactly. I agree. Uh, but that's one thing that because because the new the, like I said the new game is coming out um, and uh, Renegade Game Studios is doing it uh, and actually. So Renegade Game Studios here recently, well not recently, uh, they've they've had the Power Rangers IP for a long time. And okay. they're the ones who have done the board game Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. Okay. I think is what it's called. It's an interesting game. Um, uh, Obi-John borrowed a copy of it for us to try out and play. And it's cooperative, and and some of the mechanics I like, but there's some things about the game I didn't like. Um, the game is a bit on the expensive side. I mean, it is to go all in. If you were to buy everything for Battle of the Grid right now, you'd be over five hundred dollars buying Dang. everything because there's all kinds of expansions and stuff they put out and everything. Yeah, it's it's insane. But I think they've recently gotten the G.I. Joe and the Transformers IP, and they are producing a role-playing game and a deck-building game for all three of those IPs. So yes, there is, there is a Power Rangers role-playing game coming out. Um, uh, no, I like the idea of the Transformers role-playing game because... Like, you can just be like, I'm going to be a Humvee that transforms into this person. And uh, I think that's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Once again, I, with the Transformers and also kind of with the G.I. Joe, but not so much with the Joe, with the Transformers, I hope that there is random character generation. So you can go into it and, and just, hey, let's make a character, and you don't know what you're going to get. and Because uh, I enjoy random character creation. I think it's something that uh, not a lot of RPGs do nowadays, and more RPGs should do, or at least have some rules for, for random uh, random roles. But yeah, so th- those two, like I said, they, they have been on my list for years of things that need a role-playing game, and I'm cheating on this one because now they are coming out. I've got both of them pre-ordered. Nice. Uh, so I will be getting them. Um, and uh, hopefully Obi-John doesn't actually listen to this because I plan on buying him the uh, uh, the uh, Power Rangers RPG for birthday Christmas after it comes out. <laughs> Random RPG character generation. All right, let's see what I get. I got a Volkswagen bus? <laughs> huh. Named and Cheech. I don't get that. Named Cheech? What? Cheech. It says my secondary attribute is relaxation. <laughs> what? Yeah, I How can does just, this work? I, I have this. I transform into my alt mode, and, and I've got this little like uh, radar dish thing mounted on my shoulder that, that puts out these whoa, 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 
couple singles and everybody that gets just just mellows out, dude. <laughs> and they get really hungry. <laughs> what? Why is it that when I'm in my alternate mode, my Volkswagen bus is on fire? It's, no, it's not on fire. There's smoke coming out. <laughs> He's just constantly smoking out the windows. <laughs> <laughs> Your game master. Okay. Uh, Optimus says, Autobots, roll out. Cheech, what are you doing? Oh, I'm rolling. I'm rolling all right. Hang on, I'm texting my artist buddy and telling him I need a render of this. <laughs> a Volkswagen bus. that It's got to have the same beanie that Cheech wears, that Cheech Marin wears. Uh, with the mustache and the long hair. I'm thinking of uh, Cheech and Chong up in smoke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. A Volkswagen bus transformer that looks like Cheech Marin. That's what you need. That's yep. what we need. That's what we all need in our lives. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. I got this. <laughs> oh. Autobots, roll out. Cheech. Cheech? Hey, man. <laughs> oh, God. So I got this. Ah. So I, so I, I texted my artist buddy. I was like, I need a drawing. Cheech Marin as a transformer. Alt mode is a VW microbus with smoke always coming from the windows. <laughs> uh, this if needs he, to be a thing. If he does that, you need to send me a copy. Well... So he's 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 a great guy. Uh, his name is uh, uh, James Hammond, and and you can find him on Twitter and stuff at uh, Art of J Hammond. Um, uh, if anybody wants to look up his stuff, he's he's a great guy. He does wonderful art, uh, and he he's been doing uh, well. He he does a lot of like you know the trading cards and stuff. You know trading card uh, packs. Yep. Uh, so like apparently Tops does a lot of like trading card runs for like like well they did like a Clerks or not Clerks but what was the the Jay and Silent Bob reboot um, they do like like movie tie-in trading card runs and stuff uh, and okay. when when they do it they include so you when you buy the packs you have a chance to get an original art card okay okay and he's one of the artists that does some of the original art cards for Tops. Uh, and the way this works is basically, you know, they, they send him, and I think he's done the Firefly pack, he's done the J, uh, the, the Jan Silent Bob reboot pack, he's done Garbage Pail Kids, he's done several lines for them. And uh, hopefully none of those are ones I can't talk about because they haven't actually come out yet. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, so Tops, if you're listening, don't listen to this. Uh, <laughs> Blame the TCB. <laughs> But uh, uh, so when you buy your, your card packs, you've got your cards, your collectible cards you can get. But occasionally you'll find a card that is an original piece of art. And I don't mean that they took the art and they printed it on a bunch of cards. No, like the card you have is the physical card he drew on. Oh, wow. And there's only one in the set of that one. And so they'll send him a stack of like 150, 200, 300 cards. And literally he has to do that many pieces of art. And he has... He has different, you know, like like they'll say, okay, you know, uh, we're doing Firefly, so you can use anything from the show, but you can't use anything from the comics or from um, 
uh, the movie Serenity because of what licensing they have, you know, right? That that type of stuff uh, and things. Uh, I think he did a Ghostbusters one as well because occasionally, you know, he will he'll contact me and say, "Hey, you know, I got this coming up. Uh, do you have any ideas on on what I can do? Here's what I can and can't use." And so some of the cards you get out there may have been, you know, come up from my head. It's his talent, you know, and everything. He drew it. But it's the ideas from my head, so. I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so I just texted that to him. Well, well so so he's always busy with paid jobs is what I'm saying. And, and you know, if he gets around to it, he gets around to it. And then I'll let you know. But, but I don't know. Right. Um. No, the, I think a G.I. Joe RPG would be fun, too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and uh, the G.I. Joe RPG is, uh, 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 once again, I don't know much beyond the art uh, that I've seen. The art looks really good uh, for both it and Transformers. Uh, I don't know anything about the system or anything, because I don't think Renegade Game Studios has done an RPG yet. Um, but, like I said, they're doing an RPG and a deck builder. For all three of those IPs, uh, Transformers, GI Joe, and Power Rangers, and personally, I think like so. I've I've ordered the GI Joe and Transformers RPGs, uh, or, or, or both of those RPGs, and the deck builders. And according to their website, the deck builders were available now. And I'm sure like like all three of the RPGs are going to be a similar system, and all three of the deck builders are going to be similar system with just some tweaks to to fit the IP because yep. because I mean let's let's face it they're they're they've got the IPs they want to put them out they want to make money and that's great and I got no problems with that but they're they're not going to put forth the time and effort to create or to to have developed three distinct different RPGs and three distinctly different uh deck building games they're all going to be similar Amongst you know those right. two genres, and, and I get that, and I'm fine with that. As as long as either in the GI Joe RPG or the GI Joe deck building game, there is especially in the deck building game, there's a card that just says "The more you know." You know, uh, I really hope that the um, I really hope the deck builder game does include the PSAs. Um. <sighs> And I don't know if the, the RPG will or not, but even if the RPG does not, um, I feel inclined to maybe write a, a, a house rule uh, of the uh, the PSA. And in fact, I we, would include it. Yeah, in fact, we may have to have an episode of house rules on just, you know, our, once the game comes out on uh, G.I. Joe PSAs. Because you, you can't end a, you can't end a uh, campaign or a mission without a PSA. This is like that, should, yeah, that at, should be the house rule. Yeah, at, like, at, the, at the end of every adventure should be a PSA. Yes. And it doesn't have to be complex or long. No. But you have to have, and all the characters who are involved in the campaign have to contribute in some way to the PSA. Yeah, you know, like, like, like you know, you get done, you wrap up, Cobra is defeated and everything, yay, and then we, we fade to black, and then we fade in, you know, before we leave, we're going to have one little thing, you know, uh, and you, you hand out everybody, it's just little cards that every, hey, you're Billy, you're Susie, you're Tracy, you're, you know, uh, Mustafa. And, uh, uh, I don't know where I came up with that. It's popped in my head. Suicide vests are bad, kids. <laughs> no, 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 you come, 
you all walk into the room and your 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 best friend Stevie is laying on the floor uh with a blackened uh outline around him and his hair is smoking. Uh in his hand is a is a nice you know is is a well not not shiny new anymore but a copper penny. You know? <laughs> uh you think maybe he has put the penny in the light socket. You think this looks like fun. What do you do? Well, I grab the penny. Well, wait just a minute. Flint jumps through the window. That may look like fun, little Billy, but don't be putting that penny in the light socket. I know Stevie looks like he had the time of his life, but believe me, his little neurons are fried to shit. (laughs) Oh, man. Or, like, I got this image of a... uh... Back when I used to do improv in high school and, like, took speech and theater classes. Yeah. You did, like, a, you point to somebody and they start telling a story and then you point to somebody else and they have to continue the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've done those exercises, so, yep. So maybe a point to somebody to start a PSA, point to somebody else, and you keep doing the PSA. <laughs> wow. I feel like it could go any direction, and I love that idea. I think so, too. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> little Timmy, that's why you don't put a penny in the light socket, because otherwise you'll get syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Stevie oh. put the penny in the light socket. Okay, you. But he's going to be just fine. Okay, now you. Unfortunately, now he's impotent. <laughs> <laughs> uh. With syphilis. <laughs> Don't put a penny in the light socket, otherwise you won't have kids. All right. <laughs> oh. Sounds like a win-win to me. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, anyway. Um, but, anyway. Uh, all right. So, yeah. Transformers G.I. Joe. Like I said, uh, you know, originally I would have put those on my list, and I'm cheating somewhat because they haven't, but they're getting one. Uh, and everything, and I'm excited for that. I want to. I want to see what happens. So, yep, yeah. Uh, did well, you, Scott, I don't have any more. You're good. Well, that's, I'm good. That's fine. I mean, we are approaching the you know uh, uh, close to the hour and a half mark here. Not quite an hour and a half, uh, but I think we can go ahead and wrap this topic up. What do you think? I think so, and I think anybody who has stuck with us this long. <laughs> Probably got paid off with our G.I. Joe. You know? Don't put a penny in a light socket, otherwise you'll get syphilis joke. <laughs> you know? Uh, I, I I really feel like we should change the name of this podcast from Nerd Alert to If You've Stuck With Us This Long. <laughs> or just, you know, stick with us. <laughs> right? It pays off in yeah. the end because... Uh, hear us out. <laughs> The the TCBs and the King Sues don't kick in until a little while of the podcast. That's when shit gets real. We should change the opening, too. You know, in a world where drunken nerds have unlimited access to the internet. And alcohol. And alcohol. Uh, anyway, oh. thank you all. Who, who are still listening after all this, thank you for, for joining us uh, on Nerd Alert this week. Uh, we've enjoyed being here. We enjoy talking to you all. Um, 
if you like, uh, check us out on, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we are a proud member of the Talk Nerdy to Me podcast network. Uh, you can find us at TN, the number two, M Podnet. Thank you again, and good night. Let's tell mom it was Billy's mistake. You're making the mistake. Flint! Anyone can have an accident, but lying makes it worse. But mom will be upset. She'll be even more upset if you lie. And how would you feel if Billy got punished? Face up to what you've done. Don't take the easy way out. We'll tell her we did it. Remember, it's better to tell the truth. And that's no lie. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G-I-T.